Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. And welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. I am glad to hear it, and I'm glad each and every one of you out there is with us for this episode. We're going to get our shout-outs taken care of at the beginning this time, instead of letting that get away from us as it has the last couple weeks. I thought for... we'd talk for 30 minutes and then get... <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Trying to avoid that. Uh, the first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use that promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast. Save 10% off your order. Folks in East Kentucky are still recovering from the flooding. If you would be so kind as to consider helping them out, I would say go to Apple Shop, A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P.org. Make sure it gets where it needs to go. Our other shout-out means the ball goes over to Matt. Uh, yeah, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, sadly, Orlando Cologne doesn't really have much of a social media presence, uh, but that's actually maybe a smart thing because uh, sometimes people just abuse it horribly. Matt, that sounds like a segue. It is a segue. If case, in point, segue. case in point, uh, on t- wrestling Twitter uh, today, which is uh, May 16th when we're recording this, uh, it was people, all sorts of like indie wrestlers and GCW wrestlers, like just bitching about uh, Brett Lauderdale, the owner, Booker of uh, GCW. And when he oh, boiled it down, like just like trashing him on social media, just burning bridges. And it all comes down to like, well, you didn't book me a lot. It's like, okay, well, that's. Oh, that's all not, right. It wasn't that's even. Not, it wasn't yeah. even people that worked for him. Yeah. Oh, who are no. the idiots doing this? Because I want to know if I ever run a show to not book them. Indie workers, some I didn't even, I've never heard about. But one was a uh, the Alex Cologne guy. He who's done like death matches with him. Oh, well, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Oh, so we were gonna get into this last week uh, in the bag of holding episode, and decided that this was gonna be a big enough topic that it really needed its own. Uh, it really needed its own uh, episode because there is just there's a lot. There is a a whole lot. And I this. think it's it's kind of so. become a cultural topic in the greater sense, like the last um, I don't know, I want to say two years, because there's starting to be studies about um, social media and how harmful it is to young people. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Because I don't, you know, back whenever the Internet, even in 20 years time, has gotten radically different from what it used to be. 
and not to I'm not back in my daying. I'm making an observation on how different it is because there was a time where you felt like you had a relative amount of anonymity unless you told people where your stuff was. Well, the problem is though, um, where I think the difference now is, is, um, I was just having this conversation with someone too, um, over the weekend. Uh, the problem is, is around the time Facebook got popular is normies got out on the internet and um, normies never like learn the rules of the internet. So like I think what happens on Facebook now and like social media in general is back in the day you you really didn't give much out. Like you were an anonymous person on a message board talking about shared interest and sometimes you made a couple of friends outside of that that might get like info about you. Um like the three of us for instance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um that's but, true. But, like, you weren't out there putting pictures of your kids all over the place. You weren't sharing all these deeply intimate details. You weren't trying to be, like, an influencer, like, showing this, like, fake version of your life that's not true. I have have a lot to talk to about generally with this point. But to that point in general, like, my kid is – my oldest kid is three and a half. Okay, she goes to a daycare. Mm -hmm. She's going to start a pre-K program soon enough. But she's at a daycare. And one of the workers in the daycare, like her, she occasionally will have her son with her. And the son's like at least like say ten. Not quite sure how old he is, but he's around like that age, like think that age. And yeah. it's like you ask the kid, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because that's a reasonable question to ask a kid who's like a little bit older. I mean, you could ask like, my three and a half year old. Like she could maybe tell you, like, oh, I want to be you know, this. Mm-hmm. But like a 10 year old or something, you ask like, oh, what are you going to do? You want to be a fireman? You want to be a policeman? Like all the traditional answers. He's like, oh, I want to be uh he literally said this. I want to be like a, a social media influencer. I got to be a YouTube star. I'm like, what? That's, that's horrible. <laughs> I don't want to crush your dreams, but it's like, no, that's a bad thing to, to want to be. Well, it, it, Yes, the influencer part I will absolutely dog on because there's this idea that it's easy and then it's not whatever. But I will also say, like, the, being the YouTube star, it's like someone wanting to be a TV or movie star in the past because this it's the most public way of putting it out there. Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that is uh, – it persists, but it's just got a different name than it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but – I mean, if here here's how I can tell you full bore about whether or not I'm going to be on board with what it is you want to do. <clears throat> can you describe it to me easily? Because if someone says, you know, I want to I want to be a guy and makes YouTube videos. OK, guy that makes YouTube videos. What does that do? It entertains people. I want to be an entertainer. See? OK, straightforward. What does an influencer do? Uh uh in in influences people mm, can't define something with its own you can't define something by using the definition of the thing for the answer so let's try again hawks um hawks shoddy ass products i want to be a spokesman for an mlm um there are very few people that quote unquote influencers that actually seem to have much in the way Maybe I'm just dealing with a small sample, but it sure seems to me like 
I hear more stories about influencers trying to get people to give them stuff or comp stuff for them and getting shot down than I do them actually getting it. Like, I mean, I think there's a few genuine ones like the, the Pauls, I think. Uh, okay. As much as people dislike them, I think they're an example of someone that's actually been like relevant um, in that well, space. I mean, they've got, yeah, they've got one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Like it's okay. Sure. But, but like the, the ones that the people that are truly popular, like the asthma golds and stuff in the video game space, aren't trying to be influencers. They're just dicking around like being themselves and having fun. Yeah. Markiplier likes making videos to entertain people. So that's what he does. He just, yeah. you know, he caught on and I've never heard anyone say anything like really bad about the guy. Like maybe, hey, you know, he should have a real job. It's like, well, that's fair enough. But you would say that about, you know, TV stars, movie stars. They don't have, you know, quote unquote real jobs. Um, Like I don't dog on him. He doesn't seem to. He, I'm not even saying like how he comes off on camera. It it, it does not seem like it's a, um, you know, other people working with him and stuff like that. It doesn't seem like he's hard to work with or difficult with people and he helps people out. So, like I'm setting that aside. It's like, it's like I have a YouTube or I have a, an Instagram account with this many followers. Selfie of myself. Got up today. Felt cute. Might delete later. After I got all my makeup on and did my hair and everything, but I just woke up, click, you know, that sort of crap. That's they're, what comes to mind for me. They're, well, and they're also, they're also like, I would say lack of original content. They're always on some bandwagon that someone else did that was like popular. So like a good example of this currently is all of those TikTok women that are doing like the gym creep, creep videos where the guy's obviously just minding his, his own business, but he might've looked in her general direction but now you watch them and it's it's everyone like giving that person like a 50 foot radius because they see the camera and they know exactly what's going on mm. even to the point of where they might like you know just have a tragic accident on a machine because no one's gonna bother but that's the kind of stuff or like when the um the that ice water challenge thing was a, oh yeah the ice bucket yeah shit like that is what influencers do well the ice bucket was more of kind of a fun viral campaign and that's it did a lot of good for als research so that's great but if that's your whole life i'm giving you a gimlet eye because i'm like um there's got to be something more right yeah and i also look at them as they're like someone that's on minute 14 and 55 seconds of their 15 minutes of fame and like desperately trying to hang on to the last five seconds for as long as possible. Sorry, Matt, we, I, I got rolling in that. Matt, did, did you have something you wanted to throw in here? Cause well, I, I have more of a point regarding, uh, like certain, if you consider it social media, but I'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, we started from your point and then kind of ran off with it, and I wanted to make sure you weren't, uh, you know, getting uh, – we weren't disregarding or, or leaving it behind or anything. Um, not not the goal. Um, but, 
if you say influencer, I have a certain perception. I'll admit that. I think um, most people have an instant like negative perception. That one might be separated by age group. I don't know, but no, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people our age trying to to do it. Well, yeah, yeah. But there are some people who have a platform and a following, and it seems like they are trying to do it for uh, some beneficial purpose. Like, look, I don't watch Mr. Beast stuff, but it seems like he does a lot of philanthropic stuff. Yeah, he's bringing money in, but then he's also turning around and putting it into another thing and stuff like that. So you have this guy who the money comes in and he turns it on into another another cause, and he's like trying to actually do good stuff. Trying. I don't know him personally. I can only go by you know what I've I've found and that sort of stuff, right? Can't say I've actually ever seen any of his stuff. No, uh, I've heard about him. I've uh, uh, I've never watched like five seconds of any. Yeah, his stuff. I someone did bring that up this point, uh, and I I kind of agree. It's like, look, uh, the man may be doing like good things for people, even if he's doing it, you know, to hype himself up. This is yeah. Pain. Like, oh, I'm the guy that actually, you know, I I helped pay for like ten thousand people to have their eyesight restored, like so whatever. But people are like, why does his videos have to have thumbnails that are so uncanny valley? And it's just, I had a big chuckle at that because I'm like, it's true. If you, <laughs> I've never seen his videos, but you'll see like the thumbnail for like the videos. And it's like, yeah. it's done in like this weird photorealistic the, style that it just looks uncanny valley. It's there, like, this there's is a whole, off. there's a whole science behind thumbnails because there's a couple YouTubers I follow that if they actually talk about it, like there is one guy like, oh, we love your thumbnails. Like I fucking hate doing them, but you have to do them. Like that's yeah. um, most of them hate doing them, but like that's yeah. how you, that's how that's you get. That's what drives the engagement. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay. To to kind of go to our our wheelhouse, I don't think I've ever encountered someone who would, with a straight face, call themselves a wrestling influencer that I was interested in taking seriously. Has anyone ever called themselves that? Well, see the problem I think with wrestling personalities online in general is most of the ones I think that have any heat and like I give a crap about are people I've been around or known for like 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. So like, like, and I'm not saying anything good or negative about anyone, but like a Dylan Hales, like a Bixen span, um, you know, like a Phil Schneider, um, even Dean uh, Ross Mawson until he died. Like those kind of guys are like people that Actually, like. I had meant to say this last last episode, like R.I.P. Dean Rasmussen, because uh, he was really entertaining. I don't know if anyone mm-hmm. interacted with him, if they were on the day back in the day on the death valley driver video review board but uh, he was actually always nice uh and the guy who was on that board is actually tony khan of AEW. so uh that's that's something it's, tony, I had to see him go. tony footed the entire bill for his gofundme yeah his his dean was not in good health yeah his daughter did a gofundme for dean uh yeah. and i think it's only like five thousand or something like that and 
it made over that, but I mean, Tony Khan paid the entire fund. I mean, it should yeah. tell you something though. I looked through the the list of donators, mm-hmm. and um, I have to admit, about half the names I knew from like message boards, like from like bygone eras, mm-hmm. like a shit ton of names I knew. I'm like, wow, like I forget how small this community can be at times. Yeah, if if you get outside of I don't know, something like Reddit or something like that. Whenever it comes to the, uh, the topic, then yeah, there's a, it's, it's small because you have a lot of people who either have been in it for a while or you don't, you don't have a lot of people to get super deep into it the same kind of way. Am I making sense? Yeah. And a lot, and a lot of us, like there's people you know from like way back from 20 25 years ago now and you mm-hmm. just know the name and you just see them pop up like oh hey I remember you. Yeah. You interviewed one Thread Killer a yeah. while back. I mean I was trying to get um trying to get Loss on the show but I I couldn't get him uh nailed down to get on here. Oh bummer. Yeah. I want to get I I need to I've always said I want to get Dylan Hales on the show so I need to I need to try to do that one day. Okay. But yeah, like guys like that. I mean, um, that's who I would consider like wrestling personalities. But they're people that are knowledgeable. They've just put in the work over the years. Or, or our friend um, Good Helmet. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. Like another one that would be like a wrestling personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember him back from the the original forum that we frequented, but uh, at the time I was um, I wasn't enough in, involved in enough for anybody to really know who the hell I was. Pretty but much I remember I, the name. Pretty much, if I bought DVDs from you at some point, like I, I consider you like a wrestling personality. Ah, gotcha. I mean, that's for a lot of guys. That's kind of probably how they started i mean dean it's like they they reviewed uh back in the day they reviewed like stuff that people had like no exposure to or access to mm-hmm. uh but they also like their guys like his contemporaries especially on the the dvd board uh, like phil schneider like phil schneider would put together like comps and sell them to people well and they, that's kind of like how a lot of those guys like you, you even knew them they started doing those big um and they're still big things that you can get from people and they're great is like when they started doing like the dvd vr like promotion like comps mm-hmm. where like a bunch of them would just watch like all this footage from a promotion for like say a decade and then put together like a comp of like what they considered all the best stuff mm-hmm. or like the yearbooks i don't know if that was a pwo thing or a dvdr so what that one was is they would do like say 1990 and then they would do like a big ass comp, but it would be sequential throughout the year. So it'd be like, well, hey, um, hey, this is the first week of 1992. Hey, there's this great match on Worldwide. And oh, hey, it's two weeks later. Hey, there's this great promo on USWA and this great match from like all Japan. And then, oh, a week later, hey, there was this good match in WWF. So it was like this. It's this like highlight of the whole year with like the best stuff. Oh, OK. Yeah. Like a week to week. Uh, best of kind of yeah. thing. Okay, I'm following you. But um, 
Yeah, but that's but I also feel like a lot of those people are from when it was a more innocent time. Mm-hmm. Because I think I mean I've really cut back on my social media usage. Like I don't. I think I even deleted Reddit off my phone a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Just because. Like, fandom in general, like, and that's where I want to focus more of this on, but fandom in general, especially in the social media era, is just so toxic. It it really is. Like, I have, I also have, like, taken a step back. Uh, I it, I almost never post on, like, Instagram or Facebook anymore. Like, I, and sometimes part of groups on Facebook, because I do think that's, like, uh, like a worthwhile use of Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's the reason just, I still have just, it is. Yeah, just just to have groups and like instead of just posting your marketplace life story. Yeah, that's good. Uh, your diary on using Facebook is like a diary for you. Uh, just do groups, like be part of groups. Well, like this is give like funny example, not even wrestling related. I'm part of like some Trader Joe blog group, <laughs> but funny. it's like it's it's actually good because like they'll talk about products that are coming out. Uh, they talk about – sometimes people will post recipes or give ideas for food and like, oh, that's really actually helpful, which like you – you know, younger me would have been like, what? That's ridiculous. But now as like an adult, I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Maybe I'll make that for dinner tomorrow. It's like yeah. – it's useful. So that – but that, so that's how I think people should be using things like yeah. Facebook. It's like, no, just do groups. Yeah, curate uh, and, your space. Yeah, because yes, – and, and useful groups like, again, like the Trader Joe one. There, there you go. My favorite is the, my favorite trope is the person that like does like the minute by minute of their life and then gets mad at you because like you're too nosy or something. Mm. Oh, God. Like those people, it's like, well, maybe like. Yeah. If you didn't want people to know about it, why are you telling everybody about it? Yeah, and I also think part of the problem is like a lot of companies have also made it worse because you have a lot of paid shills like stirring the pot. Yeah. Especially oh, I, in like the comic book space. And I would even say like the anything involving Lucasfilm, I think there's a lot of paid shills out there. I mean, you get that on the, in the, the political arena too, is you get you know, paid shills and stuff to drum up this or that, and the other. And it's like, yeah. When I say curate your space, I mean take very strong control on what pops up on your feed. Don't just let whatever there is that could show up. Don't don't let that happen. Like keep that keep that crap off there if yeah. if it doesn't have anything to do with it. My Facebook use is I've got some groups I'm part of, like you already mentioned, and it's good for coordinating because Facebook's better about working with large groups like that. Family and friends, I don't get to see that often. A whole bunch of other stuff that might have my account attached to it is unfollowed or muted or something. It's just I did that to be nice for something, but I don't need all that in my face. Um, You know, here recently, (laughs) my Twitter feed has been getting a lot of use of the uh, block button because, frankly – there's just enough idiocy that I don't need it, right? Like I, I don't, I don't need someone who's going to spout that kind of opinion. I, I don't need that. I don't need to see that. I don't need see, that person. I, I, I understand that. Uh, I have a weird thing like on on our t- Twitter and like because I run the wrestling Twitter. It's like I actually don't have anyone blocked. Like I don't want to block people. 
Okay. I will just, I will just mute people if they get too annoying. I will mute them so I don't really have to see them. But I don't like I don't like to block. But I understand people who do. Yeah, these are not people that I I know or anything. It's just I see something incredibly stupid and I'm like, yep. I don't ever want to see anything out of this person again. You mean the the Jungle Boy thing that was obviously a lie from the start, and you had yeah. all sorts of people commenting on it with no like critical thought of if it was true or not, and then it ends up it was just a guy that was ass hurt that um Jungle Boy was uncomfortable shilling his like giving him a bumper for his podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and Jungle Boy had to come out and basically make a statement saying like, and he said like, look, basically something to the effect of like promos are like not my strong sword, and I don't really like them. Uh, and he's said before in interviews recently even that he like gets nervous before like big matches, uh, as one probably should. I mean, that's your livelihood if you're a wrestler. Yeah. Like that's your, going out there for a big match. Like that's your livelihood. But he. Uh, he sometimes throws up before a big match because he gets so nervous. But he's not yeah. necessarily comfortable doing promos. I mean, he actually feel like he's gotten better, but he's not like he's basically said he's not going to be like the MJF sort where it's like, yeah, you give me a microphone and I can go out there and talk for 30 minutes. I don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. And that's that's actually somewhat rare for MJF, like that he's able to actually go out there and do that. Like it's it's a rare sort to be doing that. And honestly, that's a whole bigger point. But like wrestling, it's like it's sh- you actually shouldn't be going out there cutting thirty minute promos, even if no. you can. Like it, you should be back in the old days where it's like let me go go out there two minute promo, you're done. You get you get like you have it succinct, you get across what you need to convey, mm-hmm. and then get out of there. I mean, 30 minute uh, promos back in the day would have been like the whole show. Like you go back to like all those like really well regarded things. None of it's over five minutes long. Yeah, that's part of what aggravated me about watching Nitro is that Hogan and Bischoff would just have an entire segment that was a promo. And that was a surefire way to get me to cha- turn the channel because it's like, yeah. I, I don't I don't want to sit here through this whole thing. I, I would I would imagine if we went back and watched that we'd be shocked at how short those are compared to like the the cold opens on Raw and stuff. Oh, you're not wrong at all. I'm just saying that at the time I didn't want to watch an entire segment of Hogan in the ring talking. You know I was not interested in that. Um, but and I, I would suspect that Jungle Boy is is kind of leaning on hyperbole a little bit of, you know, doing a half hour promos like that doesn't really happen. But you, you get his point. He's not going to be a long promo guy. What was frustrating about that Jungle Boy discourse, too, is that, of course, because of course he did, that Cornette got involved and he's like helped like trash, was trashing Jungle Boy. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of his his you know, followers was going on it too and it's like it's, army yeah yeah and it's just that's gross uh it, what, what another thing that he recently did like last day or two mm-hmm. is i guess he did a video and of course he, he talked about thumbnails but like the thumbnails the thumbnail was a uh it was about the, the kenny omega moxley cage match oh yeah uh and it was a picture talking about that i guess he talked about that on the show but the picture is of like moxley i think he's bleeding or something yeah. And it's it's a very effeminate, posed and looking Kenny Omega. And I, I don't know if the caption said reference the Twinkle Toes, which is like his favorite nickname for Kenny Omega, but I mean yeah. certainly certainly his Troglodyte army was like start talking about it. It's like how are 
how are you gonna come out there? It's enough. It's like there's too much. Well, and in- okay, it's too much smoke. You can't expect there to be that fire somewhere. It's like how are you gonna say like Jim Ross? Oh no, 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 it's just a bit. Like he's not really homophobic or promoting that. He's not really doing that. It's like no, no he's doing, he is. No, he's in- fucking doing that, and it's like look, no one truly knows. I guess some people do, but honestly, us fans, like, we don't truly know Kenny Omega's sexuality. There's all sorts of rumors. I don't give a shit. He's he's probably the best wrestler in the planet right now and has been and may still be for some time. And certainly it's going to go down as one of the best of all time when it's said and done. When it's all said and done. It's going to be one of the greatest. It's like, I don't give a shit. But yeah, people he's not hurting anybody. Yeah, yeah, you have Jim Cornette that's like facilitating that. In fairness, no in fairness, he does he does all that. But like as far as the art, like he he um he has two artists for those, and I doubt he ever sees like what they do. Because I know the guy that does the other like the, there's the guy that does the the super cartoony art. I know him, and the guy that did this one, which like the more realistic shitty one, like is the mm-hmm. fill-in artist. Uh, so I know I know the guy that does the better art that didn't do this one, but like the the stuff okay. you would the stuff you would um the stuff the ones that you would like typically associate with his YouTube channel is like the other guy, okay, not the guy that did this, but I doubt he okay. ever sees that. Like a lot of that shit too. I mean, Brian Last is just as bad. Like he would, oh, yeah. yeah. From when, and it, there wasn't a lot, but from when I was listening, and it's been a long time, it seemed to me that Brian Last basically just seems to mirror whoever he's doing an episode with. He, he doesn't he doesn't challenge them on much anything. He doesn't argue about much. He just, okay, this is what you're doing, then that's, you know, I'm going to go along on that with you. He doesn't seem to push back or anything. He like does that. with Cornette's sometimes i i only remember one case of it and even then it wasn't when his statement it was after that uh the omega danielson hour-long match and corny's talking about how good um danielson was and he goes well omega was there too and you just kind of hear cornet grumble he goes you wouldn't give that guy credit if he cured cancer would he would you and he doesn't say anything it's like okay yeah we're we're pretty well established this is i don't i don't have a problem with that especially if you're just facilitating um like the person you're working with Mm -hmm. on that stuff i mean i think a lot of people like depending on who you have on even on this show i think like we would like we don't we wouldn't necessarily push back on someone if they were saying something we disagreed with on the show unless it was like egregiously bad there's a reason that there are some folks I know that I have not contacted about coming on the show. And it's just like, no, there, this, this, this would not, this would not be a good time for anybody involved. I actually think, um, speaking of how toxic social media has made everything though, is I actually think that's our, like, not that we would ever compromise anything, but I actually think, um, our show would be bigger if we just focused on being negative all the time instead of our typical strategy, which has been like, screw it. Like we just want to talk about stuff we enjoy most of the time. Oh, it probably, it probably would. It's more fun this way. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't care if people want to listen or not. Like, I do it for fun. Like, um, I'm not going to do stuff I don't enjoy for the sake of a couple dollars or a couple of extra listens. Like, it's just not, it's never going to happen. Yeah. All them dollars we got rolling. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, any endeavor of like creative endeavor like that, like I would never compromise for a couple dollars. Like I have a day job, like I don't, yeah, I don't need to like compromise what I do for money. Mm-hmm. Cause that's actually, I think where a lot of YouTubers get into trouble is, um, they end up doing stuff they don't enjoy because that's where the money is. And then yeah. they like slowly go insane because they start hating it. Because I also think, um, I also think the ones, the YouTubers that do better are the ones that had jobs before they got the YouTube. Bank. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ones that, the ones that just like stumbled into YouTube are doing that because they don't want a real job are the ones that I think like go off into like crazy land with that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a general perception that I have with a lot of people who are trying to be internet personalities is that they end up just chasing clout all the time. And that's unless, unless you're someone like you mentioned who does it because they enjoy doing it and they want to do a good job at it. And in some cases that's what reflects and that's what draws people to watch their stuff is that they, they're having a good time they're wanting to do a good job. Their quality goes up. They're an engaging person to watch. Okay, fair enough. And I think but, people don't understand. To go along with what you're saying, though, is it's called 15 Minutes of Fame for a reason. And, and I think the why that's a statement is it's really easy to get popular, but mm-hmm. like it's a rare skill and a rare person that can maintain that mm-hmm. for a long yeah. time. And can hold up under it. Yeah. Because that is a lot of stress, too. Because, um, like, I've if, had... if, you, if you want to see people, like, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to see, like, a graveyard of people that were uber popular and are, like, totally irrelevant now, go look at Minecraft YouTubers from, like, the mid-tens. Oh, yeah. Um, once, once the wave dies down and whatever it is goes away, Fortnite streamers that didn't transla- translate to something else. There's plenty of, oh, plenty COD, of those sorts of things. COD guys. Yeah. Um, there's there's plenty of, of cases of that sort of thing happening. And then you've got people who aren't famous or popular, but they want to be. So they go chasing clout. And then they do things like putting up really dumb ideas. It's like hot take, but does anyone else? And it's like, okay, first of all, you're – you are not the only person that has ever had a thought hmm. doesn't work that way. Like there's a reason that folks say there's nothing new under the sun. Second hot take does anyone else immediately makes me think that you didn't put any thought into this whatsoever. You're just spouting something off because, Oh, this will get attention like that. That's immediately what that draws to mind. And some of the folks on Twitter that I have been like, nope, don't ever want to hear from you again, are doing that sort of thing. Or they're they're putting up stupid, stupid takes under the idea of it's 
I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. Like the only reason I could figure why you would put that thought on the internet is because you thought it would, it would draw eyes to you. I mean, it, I would rather have money and be not famous than be famous and have money. Like, I don't want the stress of that. Leave me, you know, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that drive. Like, if I did streaming or something, it'd just be because it's fun. Like, I wouldn't give a shit about mm-hmm. yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, and you can stream without telling everybody who exactly you are and where you live, too. Yeah. You can be a VTuber who just has, like, an animated icon instead. It's not hard, but... Everybody feels like they've got to be Markiplier or Ninja or something and got to get their face all over everything because my face is my brand. It's like, <laughs> you you talked like that out loud. Do you, <laughs> you realize you said that out loud? It's like, God bless. Well, and there's kind of that the terminally online um, mm. statement that's, I think, that's really gotten popular the last year or two. Go touch grass or yeah, because they're like if you see that there are those people that um just they'll say stuff and it's like wow you you do not live in the real world do you? Okay, I'm sorry. I know I'm talking a lot. Um, my favorite example of this though was it, it was probably a couple years ago or a year and a half something like that when. Fox News contacted r slash anti-work to do an interview. Oh, that one was hilarious. And the the person, the, the, I don't know, the chief mod or whatever running it, everyone is saying, look, you do not, the, there's a certain kind of person you want to do this. You want someone who's got experience with this because they're going to lay traps for you. They're going to have landmines. They're going to look to get something over on you. Do not, do not just say, well, I'll do it. Especially do not take the person they requested. No, because right? you know what's hilarious about that is I've watched that interview. That guy didn't even get to lay any traps. Like they hung themselves from the start and that dude just kicked his feet up and just like let them talk. Yeah. He, did, he literally didn't have to do anything to make him look bad. They did it all on their own. Like, I don't even think he got through it, and they, like, were already there, and he just, like, was like, okay, go go ahead. Like, you, you're you going to do this better than I could. It, it's, it started with, well, okay, what do you do? Because if, if they had been carrying the message of, you know, we think that the way the workplace is is unhealthy, and we think there should be reform on that, and we don't like the fact that, for example, you know your your health insurance is tied to employment status or something like. Like, okay, you can make legitimate criticisms that way. That's great. Having someone who is a part-time dog walker that says everyone has to work too much, who doesn't, you know, doesn't present the space that they're in, doesn't pr- fix up their own appearance to be on national TV, is like this is not going to go well. Now, I know that it might sound like I'm dogging on someone who um, is supposed to be autistic, and I'm not. I'm not trying to. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say is if you're 
going to have, you know, if you're going to have a face for your movement or your organization or what you're trying to do, you be very careful about who you have do it. But this is someone who's like, oh, no, I'm in charge. I'll just do it. It's like, you don't want to do that, but or, um, I know best. I'm in charge. I'll do it anyway. Was that Twitch that had that deer thing on their, like, content, like, committee or whatever? Or was that what Twitter? Deer thing? Deer it was, like, thing. some woman that thought she was a deer or some shit or something. I'm sorry, what? That might I, be Twitch. I, I don't know what you're talking this about. This is a couple years ago. It's best you don't know. It was stupid. I... I'm sitting here with my head tilted like I'm a dog hearing a new noise hearing you talk about this right now. Yeah. I Well, if if you if you don't if you don't deal with the Twitch platform, Twitch might be the most incompetently run um platform to ever exist that's still around. It's got issues because it doesn't like they do not they ban like their most popular creators and they don't like evenly enforce yeah. Like the, they'll ban they'll ban people for like permanently for things they don't even know and I think some one got caught having like sex on stream and they got like a week suspension. Yeah. It's it's not consistent. Um you can also you can get dinged for singing a song that's copyrighted. Not playing it. But if you sing it for too long and you're too on key, well, I think you'll Metallica, get hit for that. I think Metallica did like a free concert on there and got like it dubbed over. Probably. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Did they get like a copyright strike? Yeah. You know, Probably. Music. Yep. It's happened to more than one artist, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard other ver- variations on that on that particular story. Um, it's stupid. Because it's all that's all handled by you know, it's not people looking at it. That's all handled by it's like oh well you know we'll set up a bot to do this and it'll be the algorithm that does it and it'll be fine that way we don't have to hire people to actually look at this stuff and then we'll do it for our reporting system too and it'll be fine because then we don't have to hire people to do this sort of stuff and it's like you you guys like understand you understand why this is a problem right? Uh, when when the here an easy example when the Black Pants Legion podcast or uh, YouTube channel got hacked they they were like hey someone has taken over our channel taken down all of our stuff and they just have this repeated stream as a live stream of Elon Musk babbling about something what can we do about it and all they got was automated responses like that that was it and it's like mm, maybe just maybe. The internet is not your friend, and you need to interact with, you know, people, like, not on the internet. I mean, speaking of incompetence, Google might be the most incompetent um, tech company now. You know, they used to have an internal slogan. Oh, they did away with that. They did away. They did away with that like seven-ish years ago, I think. Don't be evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, what does it say when you have this internal slogan where you got you say, hey, let guys, let's not be evil, okay, in doing this. And someone goes, 
Ah, we don't need that. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I I use Bing now for my search engine if I need it because I got tired of Google and their like social engineering. Mm-hmm. I use DuckDuckGo. That's what a lot of people use. <laughs> DuckDuckGo is great. And I mean, uh, I mean, the, I think the problem is they started shedding talent, and um, they they did what a lot of big tech did, which is we know better than you. Ah. Uh, and um, a lot of that's coming home to roost because now they're all losing money because all that venture capital money's drying up real quick. You know, uh, there is no reason to make this the case, but I can't help but wonder how different the world would be if venture capitalism was not allowed to be a thing. I mean, it's helped a lot of things, but there's a lot of like political things that go into it right now. Yeah. And um, that's causing a lot of problems, but like a lot of that money was going around Hollywood, too, and that's all dried up. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just mean the idea of like, hey, you can't just go buy up this local brand and then change it to cut costs in order to, to you know, milk short-term gains out of it and then drive it into the ground and kill it. Like, I mean, they don't, behavior. they, um, they don't do their job on that. They'll let, um, perfect example of like government incompetence is the baby formula crisis from last year. That's still, I think going on is they let, they let those companies consolidate down to the point there were just a couple. And then, the entire market got screwed because essentially the government shut one down on, I think it ended up being a pretty flimsy case and they just sat on it for months and months and months and wouldn't let them reopen. Okay. So even though, even though it it was Abbott labs, right, Matt? I don't know. I I, I don't names of the actual places. I don't necessarily recall. But they were they were literally not allowed to sell it, but they were giving it away for free because it was so dire in some areas. Mm-hmm. And I think it's um, it's still a problem because then they also don't let um, imports from like Canada or Europe come in. But that's kind of like what they do is they let they let these companies consolidate down to almost monopolies and then they're like oh my gosh like this is bad it's like well yes you should have been on this like 10 years ago <laughs> you just get you're just realizing it's bad now huh um god i <sighs> monopoly is never good the board game sucks it, it sucks when it happens in real life i i'm gonna maintain there's nothing good that comes out of monopoly <laughs> But uh, back to the social media thing, we've got them trying to – we've got a bunch of companies trying to do that same thing. They're trying to consolidate down all of the holdings into just a few people who are basically ham-fistedly pushing around what most of the people on the internet see. It's like, well, you'll you'll take what I give you and you'll like it. It's like, does nobody else think that this is sounds bad? 
Now, I will say Star Wars Twitter has gotten considerably better because Lucasfilm is so terrible. They've just slowly turned everyone against them. Well, it was tremendously awful um, to the point where poor Jake Lloyd, who played young Anakin, who was just a kid playing a role. They harassed the hell out of him to the point that I think he had a nervous breakdown. And like pitched all of the stuff he had that was any in any way related to the franchise and things like that. It's like it just harassed the living hell out of him. It's like you're harassing a kid who, you know, was given bad script and bad direction. That's that's his fault. I mean, the the last thing they did where they announced they are bringing Ray back, like the 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 reaction to that of everyone just slapping their forehead was pretty hilarious. <laughs> but man, like I mean, but like most of the Lucasfilm stuff though has been so terrible. Like even Indiana Jones really hasn't been contentious because everyone's just like, um, no. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. Oh, that trailer's so bad. For uh, 8 out of 5. Yeah. It's very bad. Cause like, I haven't watched it. Because all the Disney stuff, because their CGI is getting so bad, like all their films are like uber dark now to like cover up the bad I, CGI it, work. Can can we – that's a whole separate conversation, but it's like we need to have like a uh, some sort of conversation with Hollywood about like – please, things looked so much better when it was practical effects. Like I understand, like some things you need CGI for, but it's just it's it's getting to the point where everything is green screen, like ad nauseum. I'll tell so, you, yeah, because yeah, like, like I looked, I just saw a couple trailers for The Little Mermaid today, and it looks like shit. Like it's dark as fuck, it's dingy, and like it just it just looks like it looks uninteresting because it's they obviously have... all on green screen. Like they're covering up their crappy CGI, and it's like. It's like the most boring, bland like presentation possible. They uh, they 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 CGI the uh, the, the animal, you know, mascots or uh, oh yeah, they look, yeah they look scary uh, as shit too. And the, the seagull. <laughs> yeah, they they look just they they try to make them like like real animals and it's just it doesn't work. You didn't, they didn't learn that lesson from the Lion King thing. And it's also annoying. Look, I, I look, I actually don't mind her, but the seagull is voiced by like Aquafita, and it's like this doesn't work. It, it's just like really abrasive, annoying, like New York Bronx accent. And it's like why why is it that if I actually see her in a film, like Shang Chi, like I actually don't mind her at all. Like she's fine, but. Her voicing this character in, in this awful CGI animated animal, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And and it's all dark. Like, half the scenes they show in the trailer, you can't even fucking see her. What? I, no, it, it is all too dark. I, I, why? Like, that's that's like a Hollywood thing. Now. Yeah, because it's, like it's cheaper. No, it's because it's cheaper. Everything is so damn dark. I can't it's see because, what's going on at the time. It's because it's because the. When they when they darken it up, there's 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 a couple reasons they do the movies dark. One for fight scenes, like when it's all like hard to follow and dark, 
that's the cover up for the fact that there's bad choreo- choreography or none. And then in things like The Little Mermaid, they're covering up the jaggedy ass edges of the bad CGI they put in there. Like it's to it's to like it's so they darken it up so they can kind of like cover it up a bit. Because if you, if you don't know, especially with the Marvel ones, but I'm guessing it's Disney wide, like they work their VFX people like dogs. Yeah. And they do like reshoots and rewrites and stuff. So they're doing like the CGI up until the very end. So that's why like the Marvel stuff starting to look really bad. That's why like She-Hulk looks so uncanny Valley and awful is because they don't let the, the VFX people do their job. Right. Yeah. It used to be that if you saw a scene, a big scene in a movie and it was dark and rainy, it's like, oh, well, they're CGIing that one. And now it's, it seems like they're trying to turn that into everything. Um, not a good move, not a good look. And here's I, I, not to digress too much, but another pet peeve of mine is since when are, you know, good voice actors not allowed to have voice acting roles? Why why do we have to like stunt cast live action people in all of the uh you know in all the voice acting? Because they what? think the name will sell it. Like that's what I don't understand like with when they did Lightyear and they were like, Well we have Chris Evans as the voice of Buzz Lightyear. It's like no one gives a shit about Chris Evans if he's not Captain America. And it's like he doesn't have some voice that like you care about anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean I would recognize I, I thought Chris Evans was good, you know. Like, for example, he, there are other roles he's done that he did well. It's just everybody knows him for Captain America. I thought he was he was one. He and Michael Chiklis were some of the only good stuff for those original Fantastic Four movies. Um, he was really funny in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. But I'm not tuning in to hear him voice act because he's not a voice actor. That's not that's not what he does. Right. Why was Chris Pratt the voice of Mario? I thought Just, he did okay. The biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest shot at Mario the movie for me is having Seth Rogen in it because he's an automatic like negative on anything he touches. What uh, what character does he voice? He's Donkey. The, yeah, Donkey Kong. You don't even really notice it. I'm just saying, like, I see his name, it automatically like is a detriment to anything he touches because he sucks. Hey, like I, I said. I'm not a fan of his. I don't like him because of the Green Hornet. Like, he's kind of a jackass in real life. And um, his shit's not funny. Uh, I had a friend uh, I had a friend recommend that movie he did, like, Sausage Party. Which is, like, that's, oh, gotta, yeah. be, like, that's gotta be, like, a 10-year-old movie or more. They recommend, oh, you gotta watch it. It's so funny. And I watched it and so like, no, no, this isn't funny. This actually is not good at all. <laughs> I have to admit, Sausage Party has given rise to some amusement for for me in the vein of <clears throat> adults thinking that everything animated is for kids and using that to, to entertain kids that should not be seeing it. That cracks me up because it, it it's like you're here you are you're being a bad parent in this. Because you're not paying any attention to what you're showing them. And, you know, it kind of comes it's it like I saw this lady and her five year old get kicked out of Deadpool before it even started. They're like, no, uh-uh. 
She's like, well, it's a superhero movie. It's for kids. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Especially if you're chewing us out like that. There's no way we're letting this happen. Like, <laughs> but that's an aside. I think the problem is, is Hollywood doesn't recognize that it's a different voice set. Like, I'm going to go to real sports here. So, like, this happens if you follow, like, a sports team, like, that airs locally. Like, you have the TV announcers and you have the radio announcers. Mm-hmm. And people want the radio announcer to be the TV announcer sometimes. Like, well, no, you really can't do that because being a radio announcer requires you to announce different than on TV. Because when you're a radio guy, you have to, like, you have to paint the picture for people and the TV guy doesn't have to do that. Yeah. So it's two different skill sets. Whereas, and I think I think voice acting's that way too because you kind of have to emote more as a voice actor. Yeah. Because you have to communicate your emotions with your voice. Whereas in um, regular acting, like you don't quite have to do that. You have more tools uh, for live action performance for conveying. Uh, messages that way so i mean even to take it to wrestling the the physical aspect you have of conveying to whoever's watching about what's happening like you have more tools at your disposal whereas voice acting is like you said a very specialized set of skills where i don't have that so I have to make sure that what I'm doing carries through. I have to nail the inflection and the tone and the volume all perfectly. And it, it feels like everyone is trying to, to find, you know, Mark Hamill again. Um, and Mark Hamill was was great. Mark uh, Hamill, I think, would in, in another timeline, I think Mark Hamill just would have been a voice actor because I think that's his strong point. But you know he he was able to cross it over and someone somewhere got the idea it's like oh well then anybody can do it it's like if you come up if you ever use the phrase well then anyone can do it you have seriously got to examine your thought process i will tell you who is an excellent voice actor is antonio banderas doing puss in boots I've heard that's a good movie. It was. I just watched it a couple weekends ago. It is stupidly good. Like, it has no right being as good of a movie as it is. The funny mm. thing is that I don't think that got a lot of hype before it was mm-hmm. released. No, and it made and bank. It's, it's essentially, it's like a, another, not quite, I mean, but it's it's in the Shrek universe. So it's kind of like a Shrek spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's the an Shrek-iverse. it's an intense movie because so if if you don't know what that one's about so essentially at the beginning he figures out he's on his last life mm. so that's kind of like the idea and he actually they do a scene where he has like PTSD from something earlier in it and it's like really feels accurate to having like an anxiety attack but it's a really okay. good movie um I would highly recommend it it's on Peacock actually I think that's where I watched it huh. I'm surprised you found it. Uh, it was it was like the <laughs> banner thing, or else I wouldn't have fucking like it was stupid because um, I wanted to see because I saw that Cocaine Bear was on there and I tried to find it without searching for Cocaine Bear and I couldn't find it. Yeah. I do cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I 
I'm not sure why you couldn't find it. Like, I pulled up Peacock for some reason the other day, and, like, they actually had it, like, on the main page, like, Cocaine Bear. You watch Cocaine Bear. And it's like, wow, okay. Uh, I Maybe, okay, I, let me take that back. Maybe it wasn't on Peacock. It was on something. Might have been on Prime, because they put their new stuff, like, all. Yeah, it might be on Prime, because, like, my wife and I were, like, watching a, a TV show, and it was on one of those uh, streaming services. Oh, I have a great example from yesterday. Prime. So Okay. So, WWE, the side of that has been releasing um, championship wrestling episodes from 1980. Uh-huh. Um, on what? On Peacock. So they've been they've been doing like especially like it's it's been like through 1980 so they've had like the Zabisco Bruno stuff on there. So I tried to find this shit. It took me 10 minutes to figure out where it was. Because the the if it's not like like especially with the archival like stuff for WWE, it's like really tricky to find shit. Mhm. I don't even remember how I found it. It's funny because they put stuff up there, and then it's – I don't understand why they don't – you know, why the idea is, well, if we put it up – we put it up there. It's like uh, – and, you know, they can watch it if they want to. It's like, well, if I can't find it, I can't watch it. So why would you put it up there? That did remind me of something, though. The news that dropped, I think, just yesterday that WWE just bought a – box of icw uh archival footage like the uh, old angela poffo's um, promotion promotion yeah yeah that's that's wild like i actually would be curious about seeing that stuff if it ever like you know gets thrown up there but the problem is like yeah the network is like so god awful yeah i see the network like peacock it's really peacock app uh, Did you hear the story about how they found it? No. Okay, I mean, here's I what I read. read it, but I don't recall it, so yeah. Okay, here's what I read. So if I'm wrong, I'll apologize now. But what I read was that it had been put up as collateral to some company for payment of something or other. Mm-hmm. And they just had this box of tapes sitting in a closet for like 30 years. And nobody ever looked at it to see what it was. Mm-hmm. And so finally somebody opened it and went, hey, what's ICW? And ended up selling it off super quick. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting little wrinkle to the story. Anyway, sorry. Back to where we were. I mean, I want to see that, hopefully. Yeah, I'd like to see it, too. But, um, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of drag us back around on our original point with social media stuff is there used to be because I was thinking about this a lot the other day. There used to be a um, Penny Arcade had a great way of summarizing Internet behavior. And they called it the Internet anonymity dickwad theory and it said as long as people have a platform where. They can be anonymous, but be dicks about it. They're, you know, it, they're going to have the anonymity, which means they won't have the filter, and they're going to do it every single time because the, they, I don't, they're not afraid. The, of. I don't have to worry about someone literally punching me in the face 
yes. um, theory. It's the the anonymity part is a big reason why it's gotten as toxic as it is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because you, uh, oh, go ahead. Blizzard Blizzard ran into that theory at one point with the WoW forums. I think this is Shad might remember. I think around 2012 maybe they tried this. So they had everyone use their real names and it didn't help. No, because if you look at oh my god, because remember Google tried to do it too with um. If you're going to have YouTube comments, you had to have your real name tied to a Google Plus account in order to be able to comment on YouTube videos. And, buddy, that didn't work either. Um, I don't remember Blizzard doing it as clearly, but I remember the train wreck that that idea was. Yeah, it doesn't work. But it still doesn't work. Because if you go to the comment sections for news stories on Facebook – it's it's like you're in YouTube comments all over again. It is it is vile, and or it is it's either vile or it is dumb. I also most of it. I my other problem with that though is you can't do it now because you have some real just sick fuck journalists that dox people for no yeah, it's, reason. It's it's a catch twenty two. Like I do think that is because like it's very. It's very. Hey Matt, like, I think you, hey, Matt, you turned your. There we go. There you go. So yeah. I don't know why my guy like unplugged for a second. Yeah. Uh, I think that the that the anonymity has greatly increased the toxicity of people. People, it, they realize like, oh, you don't have to know. I'll, I'll I can be like, uh, it, it's like a Twitter joke. It's like I could be a first name, bunch of numbers, and just dot off whatever like bullshit mm-hmm. I say. And it's true. Uh, but it's it also I think that there's a there's a converse of that. It's like yeah, it contributes to like being people being toxic. They think like they're they're faceless. They can hide behind just a random name. But if they had to use their real name on that, uh, then you would get people being insane in the other way because that's it. You do have like journalists, people just doxing you, but you could also be like you re- use your real name. My real name is Matt. Like if I went on there like as my full name, you don't know how unhinged people are. You could come mm-hmm. out there with the take like we like I got on Twitter. It's like uh, not really feeling WWE. I don't like it. I think Vince McMahon is a rapist. I don't care about him. Mm-hmm. You could just say that, okay? Which is your opinion. And in the grand scheme of things, like on, on wrestling Twitter, it's like that's not even that contentious. It's not a yeah. lie either. It's not a lie, but I mean, it's also there are people out there. You're a super big WWE fan. You could be like doing, you could like, as they call swatting, you could send like yep. the police to people's addresses because you didn't like them. I'm gonna make, cause some problems. There are people who like who call up. Excuse me, I think this is more like in the whole political realm. It's a that's a big trivial wrestling, but like it, for you can use your real name on social media, and if you establish like a political point. Which I don't, but I mean, you could, and people get offended by that. They could be like trying to call up your employer to cause mm-hmm. problems, and it's like, who needs that shit? Yeah, yeah. You're damned if you, damned if you don't. Like if you, if you're an anonymous, like it contributes to toxicity. If you're, you know, real name, it could still cause it. Yeah, yeah, and it gets, it's really frustrating. Like the the swatting thing on Twitter on Twitch. I almost said Twitter for some reason on Twitch is especially bad because people will do it 
just to see you get drug out of your chair on camera. That's actually and, swatting in and of itself is a crime in Ohio now. Yes. And uh, I th- think it's coming in more places if it's not there already. I don't remember what level of crime it is, but as of April, that is in and of itself a crime in Ohio now. Yeah. <clears throat> Problem is you don't know where the person who called it in is, but. I mean, they, they I think that's easy to to track down these days but there are people who will just who will do that just for kicks just to see something bad happen to somebody else i always think um, the i always think the people and i'm i'm saying this is my personal opinion i don't think anyone does that just for that part i think it's always with the hope that they get killed uh, it's always see, attempted just, murder in my my personal opinion so there i th- I think I'm attributing this correctly. Um, there's a comedian named Christopher Titus who, um, oh God, I want to make sure I say this right. And here I am getting ready to say it, and I'm I'm completely losing the thought. So never mind. If I think of it, I'll come back to it. But here I am. It's on the tip of my tongue. Getting ready to say it, and just gone in the wind. Oh, dang it. All right. Sorry. But I think I think part of the issue now, though, is is it's so widespread. But I think um, I think I think back in the day, why it wasn't so bad is the Internet was very much more segmented, but it was also just a bunch of passionate weirdos that were out there. Uh, I think the fact that you had to go looking for something where it, it wasn't just, you know, Everything dumped in a pot right there in one place definitely helped with that. And I also think, like, there were trolls back in the day, but I also think people kind of understood, like, to ignore the trolls. Mm-hmm. So I think that took some of the fun out of it. But like I said, part of part of the problem now is, is things are inverted to what they used to be. So now it's like you put all of your personal information out there, which is counter to how we came up. It, it makes me twitchy still. But there's yeah. also... There's this there's this idea, especially among a certain segment like of um, the Internet and journalism now where it's like, no, you react to the trolls, you feed them, which has made like the trolling worse Mm -hmm. because now they get articles written about them. And, you know, look, that's I'm I'm drawing maybe not the best comparison here. But that's why that's part of the reason that a lot of mass shooters do what they do is they're chasing notoriety. I want people to know who I am. So I'm going to and 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 so as soon as it happens and you know who it is, you put it out there and be like, this was a troubled young man. He's like, no, look, nine ninety nine times out of 100, a, a mass shooter was not a troubled young person. It was a bully. Or this was not someone who was like bullied much. This was someone who, you know, either there are some folks who are just weirdos and feel segmented and stuff because of decisions they make. And then there are some people who are, you know, Harrison Klebold at Columbine were bullies. They were not. Well, the the problem, the problem with Columbine and why that's so messed up is there's been a lot of propaganda about like about 
Columbine out there to to set them up as these like social outcasts that were bullies. And then if you actually watch like documentaries that did their actual research, no, they were not how they were portrayed yeah. at all. Like they were well, the, like the opposite. And that propaganda all came in the immediate aftermath. That yeah. was the immediate story that came out. Um, last podcast on the left has a great breakdown on Columbine. If you want to go in more detail on it, but Harrison, Eric Harris was a raging narcissist psychopath who was doing this for attention. He, his whole thing was, you know, I want to be a guy who changed the world in the way that I chose to. And if he had been, if, if he knew that everyone just knew him as a school shooter now, he would hate it because that's not what he thought he was going to do. That wasn't his his grand plan, right? And so you're feeding the trolls. You're giving them what they want. Remember the – um, which – oh, who did that? Because it really upset – it still pisses me off. I can't remember who did Remember the Boston bomber? They did like those glam shots of him and some. Oh, like, it was like... Rolling Stone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was them. Oh yeah. The Rolling Stone, in fairness to people, Rolling Stone got a lot of heat for that. Oh yeah. Uh, and they should have because they basically tried to make him. Because because the one the younger brother I forget it I don't know what this asshole's name is but he was best way I put it he's photogenic not mm-hmm. a bad looking kid it's like his life could have gone in thousand different ways than what he basically like a mass murderer yeah terrorist but yeah like they were they're basically they, now they only like posted like these uh you know favorable photos of him but they're also kind of wrote this like sad story like oh, how terrible this man could, this this young man could like be driven to this it's like it's a fucking terrorist yeah like execute him sorry if you don't disagree with me i'm sorry he killed people uh, I think some of them were even children or at least injured. Yeah. Uh, there's a picture out there floating on the internet. It's the internet is forever. There's a picture of the guy who literally like lost his legs and you see like the bloody stumps. Yeah. Like that's done. Like, I, and I, I don't want to see like a favorable article written up about him in Rolling Stone. Like I no. don't. It's why are you, why are you glamorizing someone like that? Well, it, look, yeah. look at the, look at the Pulse nightclub shooter. People don't actually know what that was about. And that didn't yeah. even come out till he was on trial. Oh, did he live through it? Yeah, he just went through his trial because they because oh, it was because okay. they thought it was like a homophobic attack. And then when he went on trial, he was just some fucking terrorist. He didn't know what he what club he was shooting up. And people eyewitnesses said he was asking him where the girls were before he started like shooting because he just picked a club. Okay. Okay. I, I knew it was. It was like a uh, leaderless movement, self-radicalizing thing. But I, uh, I had just missed out on that because. Well, they, no one has ever. I mean, news reporters don't actually do their jobs anymore. So, you know, they just did the initial stuff and then they lose interest because. News well, reporters nowadays are more concerned about being like some sort of political activist first, and then, you know, reporting news a uh, distant second. Yeah. It's. I kind of disengaged from the, um, you know, the the world of if it's not like local or statewide news for a lot of it, I just kind of quit listening because, frankly, especially during during COVID, like I came to the conclusion, you know what? There's nothing that is helping me by listening to all this. Nothing about this 
is helpful or making my life better or improving anything. So I'm just going to take things down to closer to, to the local level and find out about things that, you know, yeah, I'm probably I'm, going to interact with. I'm the same way. I think, I think my breaking point with the news media was when <clears throat> for about the first year, if you even mentioned that you thought it might've like COVID might've started from a lab leak, you were labeled a conspiracy theorist by the media and then a year after that, that's like the accepted logic. But like for some reason, no one talks about how they came to that conclusion or the fact that they're probably just carrying government water the whole time. I'm I'm searching for my words here when I say this. It seems to me, we'll say it that way, that the the national news media is now the same thing as someone who can't use vice anymore because that doesn't work but you know someone who's uh you know writes for buzzfeed or um you know on twitter they're just looking to drive engagement they just want the views and so eh, who gives a shit if what you're saying is not feels like the the clickbait stuff's kind of started to dry up a bit. Yeah, because BuzzFeed's dropping their news section and Vice is dying. and Kotaku's banned from, like, every major publisher sending them games. Yeah. Um, and there is, there is no world in which I feel bad for them. Because, um, I mean, frankly... What, what do you want, huh? What do you want from me? What, what, what's you? Do you want me to feel bad for whenever you're writing these sensationalistic things? And you know, if I check my news feed, I, like I try and keep an eye out for stuff at work that might affect my job. But then it's like, well, you'll never believe what because, well, me being me, my <clears throat> interests are going to bleed over into whatever news feed I have. It's like. News on WWE Star, and I'm like, yeah, I already know what that's about. Oh, are you talking about that like sports speak site that everything's like clickbait? Where every week it's like, oh, Sports Skedia. Yeah, it's like this person it, it, got fired, them, but... or and it's it's like it's such clickbait, and it's like, and you know, like it's like no one got fired this week, guys. It's not just them, but it that's an easy go to for it. But isn't uh, isn't, isn't Kotaku, part of the like the Gawker media group. I don't know what's left of that group because they might have gotten torpedoed, bro- broken up, like and shifted around. But I, I think Kotaku is probably on its like last legs. Honestly, I feel like Gawker. I feel like Kotaku was well. It used to be part of it uh, when mm-hmm. they yeah. were. Because okay. it used to be part of it. I, I just feel like really like that entire like basically that entire like n- network of, of sites uh-huh. just horribly toxic itself. Yeah. Oh, it is. It actively pushes like would push for like the worst aspect of everything. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like um, I think Deadspin's in that stratosphere. Oh, yeah. Deadspin used to be in the the Gawker was the Mary Sue part of that shit? Because the Mary Sue might be the most toxic, like, site of them all. I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, or um, honest... the beat in um, Heidi McDonald. That's an uber toxic one in the comic book space. Yikes. Nope. Don't. I have disengaged from a lot of that stuff. This is a difficult thing that I'm going to have to talk with my kids about when they get older is you. I, I know I use the phrase already, but using the phrase, the internet is not your friend and the internet does not forget. So like, thank God the internet wasn't a thing when I was, you know, younger in high school or I was smart enough to keep whatever, teenage trying to figure out what the hell's going on angsty rambling stuff on paper that you could throw in the fireplace right i uh you know i i am eternally grateful for that because there's a lot of young people right now that put everything online and i don't know why speaking of um speaking of who was that creep um that was the wrestling person writer matt what creep the guy That's, that was uh you sadly have to be more specific the, the guy that was um sending like pictures of himself to women unsolicited oh lewis dangor yeah who is actually like i just want to call him like a wrestling uh, internet personality but he's he i did or does basically have some sort of relationship with the wwe Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of just as, as a informal, uh, like shill for them. He maybe maybe he's getting money under the table, but he's not like uh, like official. Like someone like Booker T, obviously he's more he he's, he's very like a pretty much a shill for the WWE. But he he's at least someone employed by the WWE mm-hmm. and used to be working there. But Louis Dangor is British, uh, air quote journalist. He basically does uh, favorable. WWE uh, stuff content uh, and yeah he it turned out that he no he's not really well liked because he's kind of like really just annoying as a shill but yeah he got unsolicited he was sending unsolicited correspondence uh, what? To why do you can, so this is this is a side topic but why do you guys still do that in 2023 like all of these like all these high profile like internet personalities like not all of them do it but like a bunch of them do it and it always goes bad like that's that is that is at least like i mean you can be a creep all you want but there's something in the back of your head that should say if i do this my my package is going to be all over the internet because it always ends up on the internet yeah uh or it's or it's done. It's found out about. Uh, I don't know. Some guys like Brad. You know, like back in the day, like Opie and Anthony. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, oh okay, yeah, that guy's perf switch flipped. And it's like, yeah, they're they're guys. They're like a perf switch. Like they just are perverted. Or I really do think that some aspect of it is they just it's people just like have, some kink shit too. I think. Well, yeah, it's it's a kink shit that they're into, but it's also like they just don't. Uh, there's a big gap between uh, understanding uh, social interactions with other people and, and really making those connections, like mental connections. Cause it's like some guys, if you, if a woman gives them any sort of attention and not even saying like sexual, just like, like friendly. He- saying hello. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. not like friendly. recoiling in horror and like pepper spraying them. Yes, friendly or polite. Or have a conversation. Like, let's use Lewis's example. It's like if, if a woman uh, has a conversation about wrestling, that's uh, something that maybe she's into or something. If they have a conversation and it's like, oh, yeah, great conversation. Oh, by the way, here's my dick. It's like, yeah. no. Like, what's wrong? Like, why did you go to this? this I don't know. Why did you it's, stray down this path? It's like, oh, yes, I like Roman Reigns to penis. Like, ugh. yeah, it's. But yeah, guy, some guys, like, they don't get it. It's like, that's not, that's never going to work. No. Like, it's, a, a, a woman is not going to see that nastiness and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm into this now. It's I mean, like, no. I mean, there, there are, there, that's the, that's the other thing is like, there are probably women that are, um, out there that would be into that. The person you're going to do that to is not one of those people. Like mm-hmm. you might want to do some work and find someone that would be into that. Like just, or ask first. That's always a great way to do things. Just ask first. It's worse than just that, by the way, guys, because there are some dudes out there who, and I know this because this happened to people close to me. They don't even it's not even like someone they know they've had a conversation with. You just get this thing. It's like, Hey, you're hot. Here's picking my dick. And it's like, the, what the hell are you doing? I know it's, or, mm, and I have worked very hard on changing who I am a lot, but people who have messaged my wife to say, Hey, you want to meet up sometime? Your husband doesn't have to know. It's like, Holy shit. I feel like a fucking space alien sometimes. I'm going to be honest. I think I think that part of it is that the internet has there are some people who just they cannot process the fact that there is another person involved in this. Well no, it is I mean not just a random like it's depersonalizing which I think would contribute to a lot of the toxicity but there's this depersonalization that happens. And I think a lot of it would also tie into maturity that, oh, you know, it's on a screen. Therefore, it can't be a real person. And so it do, what I do doesn't matter. This is a, like this kind of goes along to a conversation for a different day. But it's the, what you're saying goes along with what I think Matt and I complain about with like movies and stuff now where you can't have platonic friendship anymore because like that concept is so like foreign to like a lot of moviegoers and um, like Hollywood writers now. Like, I yeah. think that's, I think, I think there's like a whole weird, like ment- mentality behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, there, there is a subgroup where it's like, they cannot understand that there can be platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you have like Captain America uh, and Bucky Barnes, it's like, Oh, they're secretly gay for each other. It's like, Okay, no, that, that that's not the characterization that's ever been presented in the comic books, and it's okay to be gay, but it's like don't don't just start writing things in because it's like it, it and this kind of goes for like heterosexual relationships too. It's like if you want to ship two characters together, do that on your own time, but don't necessarily start putting stuff together because it fits into your head canon. Well, don't lash out horribly afterwards, too. Don't, oh, yeah. Don't oh, they, demand that everybody bends to what it is you want. 
out of. Yeah. Because there's been there's been some crazy. I mean, t- speaking about toxic, there's been some crazy like people have gotten stalked and like harassed because. I mean, for the actors performing a script not conforming to what the shipper wanted. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what woman got harassed horribly about that. You mean other than Renee Paquette? Oh, yes, her. There's some creepy shit that's happened with Moxley. Because remember Seth Rollins had that whole rant about all that shit that happened to him over the time? Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. You you were making a point. I Well, I have a a point kind of like to, to Brad's point uh, or really you two. It's like, it, this is kind of where I, I wanted to, to go into, and it's not necessarily wrestling related. It's more like social media in general and specifically like there was, I want to talk about it earlier in the episode, but I'm glad we circled back because my, my daughter, like she likes watching YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and she only gets a very limited amount because we, we really, closely like monitor that stuff mm-hmm. uh and we specifically we really only do it with a uh, youtube kids uh which is you know the kids version of youtube and it you can curate that a little better so that your kid is not watching like random weird stuff on there which you still can on youtube kids but yeah you know it's not like she's gonna watch something and really horrible in terms of like the content not, not too violent not too sexual anything like that youtube kids limits that stuff dramatically but it you will still have like basically families and children and everything that people there's entire channels for that stuff out there yep and it's like i personally we really do limit what she has to say. And I, I'm with you, Shad, that it's like, I'm so glad that I didn't have to do this when I was a kid. And yeah. slash, I'm terrified because while my daughter and my youngest daughter, obviously she's so little, she's not even four months yet. Like, but my, my oldest is three and a, is about three and a half. She's turning three and a half, like in days. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhat terrified because it's like, she's too young to have to deal with some of this stuff, but I don't want her to be like, bullied or harassed online and everything like that and i have to deal yeah. with i'll have to deal with that soon enough but anyway about the youtube kids it's like there's so many families out there that they have their kids and there's like skits and all sorts of things people that have like families that have become rich i mean multi-millionaires by doing videos with their kids yeah. and some of it's you know in air quote like somewhat innocuous, like the whole Ryan's world, if you know what that is. Okay, Ryan's world is banned in our house. Okay, like, I don't like I don't like up. it. I don't know what that I, is. You may have your reasons, Chad. I'm not disagreeing with them. I haven't seen enough of Ryan's world other than like seeing a couple videos and be like, oh, this is annoying. Uh, to me, it's the band thing in Maine is Diana Roma, if you know what that is. I do not, but I'm not – Okay, they're like already Ukrainian, on your side. <laughs> they're like a Ukrainian family. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would guess that the kids are like maybe like by this point like 10 or something like that. But it's it's skits. But from a, a, a friend who has a, a daughter like the same age as my daughter. Wait, wait. Uh, what's the channel name again? Well, I don't know the channel name, but I mean like the, the, the kids are named Diana and Roma. And they're Ukrainian. And they don't even live in Ukraine. Obviously, there's a war going on. But they they made money to, like to immigrate to United States. But it's like skits, and the skits are really like I've heard is that the skits often have fallen into that like Simpsons Family Guy thing where it basically like the dad is is 
uses the butt of jokes and like, oh, look, dad's an the, idiot. The like, bumbling dad. Oh, I yes. thought you were gonna. I thought you guys were gonna talk about like those channels where it's like they're really just tormenting their kids for like money. Well, there's a, there's one that's popped up that my daughter has seen has popped up. And she's like, oh, you don't. My daughter's old enough. She's like, oh, you don't like these. I won't watch these. And it's like, yeah, I don't like this. It's the Gomez family. And I didn't. I had to watch. We watched a couple of videos of that. And literally, it's like twenty fucking minute videos. Yeah. Of which, like, fifteen minutes is just like clearly it's the mom. The mom's driving this. A, a family, a whole family of, of people. And it's the mom like. Just showing about their life, and it's like, oh, it's Vanity Project, yeah. and like maybe maybe five minutes of the twenty minute video is like the, the shit my daughter wants to see, where it's like, oh, they're going to a water park. It's like fifteen minutes of like fluff in yeah. Vanity Project, and then five minutes of that. There's other stuff out there like the the Tanner family, uh, which they seem to have like they, literally it's like a family of like nine or ten. Yeah. So it's like, and I don't know how many kids you have, but that's somewhat inoffensive. Because they're, it seems to be that they're clear. There might be like a religious aspect there, because they're very like goody two shoes, and those videos are wholesome in the sense that it's really just like the family playing games that they've created with each other, and it's not offensive. Mm-hmm. But I bring up all this, say like there are so many content creators there, like there that have just monetized their family and children. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the most horrifying thing. They've monetized their children. And I'm like, you will never see this. I don't want my kid out there. Like, I I kind of post pictures of my kids on, like, IG to the extent mm-hmm. I post anything. I don't really post that much, like, at all. But my wife or I may post that on IG. And that's it. And we we have we have that locked down in that yeah. it's, pri- it's private. It's, like, only, like, friends can see that. Yeah. That's and I don't just like anyone be my friend. Like I like yeah. people that I actually know in real life as my mm-hmm. friend. I mean, people pe- people do that. People monetize their children, and I find it horrifying. Yes, Which that I, is exactly why Ryan's world is banned in our house. Because look, it's this poor kid who doesn't actually get to have a childhood in the name of making money for his parents. And I'm I'm sure as soon as he gets of age. He is suing. He is taking most of that money, and he's never going to talk to him again. But I, I am just in principle. I am not going to support a channel that is doing that crap, and I'm not going to have my kids watch it because then what happens? It's kind of. It feels like. God, this is going to get me hate for it. It feels like the digital equivalent of how Randy Marsh described marijuana on South Park. He goes, it makes you okay with being bored Mm. and you're not doing other things. It's like, okay, that's what I'm getting from a lot. Like, okay, there are some content makers like Axe Family, for example. They're like, hey, we work on a big farm and we use this stuff on this big farm when we do things. Okay, cool. You know what? You all are right around adults doing that sort of – I get that. But the last thing that I want for content, there's there's two kinds that, that absolutely piss me off. One of them is what you said, exploiting the family to make money. We got to have our hustle. We got to have video everywhere we go. We got to do this, that, the other time. It's like, wow, um, you, I am, I am repulsed. The other one is the style of YouTube video that actually creates ADHD in people, 
where it's like, hey, guys, we're doing this thing. Quick cut. We're going to do this thing today. Quick cut. Here, let's go do this thing. Quick cut. All right, here we go. Quick cut. And it's like all these quick cuts and stuff, and there's not actually any content in it, and there's there's, there's no value in it. It's just like, hey, this is fun to watch because the camera angles change a whole bunch, and that just keeps your eyes on us. Like those – like holy shit. Yeah. Nothing about it I like. I'm trying to think – I was I was trying to think of comparison from old schoolers I know. I think I, friend of the show Justin, I don't think I saw a picture of his kids until they sent me like a Christmas card mm-hmm. one year. Yeah. Like pictures that I have of my family that I I put up because I've got some family that they're not they're not very techy and the only way they can interact is through some social media but I keep that stuff locked down too. I have like five different Instagram accounts that are for different purposes. Mm-hmm. And if we've got some friends out there that have asked to follow one of them and I haven't said yes, it's not, not cause I'm mad at you or anything. It's just, that's not what that one's for. I don't do that. Sorry. Um, like I keep that shit locked down. I'll I'll tell a story, Chad. Like, yeah. And even keeping things locked down, you may still like run into issues. Because uh, yeah. my my wife, her aunt, one of her aunts, she has she has more than one aunt, but she has a, a few aunts. And basically, like every time she will post on social media, and she like is very 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 selective on, for her social media. Mm-hmm. Like she does not post a lot. Like really, she only will post on IG. And even then, it's like it's carefully, again, it's carefully like limited, so that only like people that she knows and are friends with will, will be able to see that content. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I Instagram is owned by Facebook, and they have options where it's like if you post something on Instagram, you sometimes pop up on Facebook, or you know. Yeah. Uh, she will post something. It's very limited. Yep. But. Her, one of her aunts like will literally like repost the exact same thing or a picture or whatever like that. Yeah. And my wife gets like is so off putting by that. She's like, I almost want to block her. <laughs> then do <laughs> it. I don't I don't want to see this posted if, on the internet. If her aunt knows that she doesn't want that to happen, first of all, tell her, don't repost my stuff where just anybody can see it. And if her aunt doesn't listen to it, bam, block it. Because now what you're doing is you're not respecting my decisions for my kids. Like the the internet has – there's a whole new set of rules. It is not like what it was even when it started, and I'm not going like all Facebook like, you know, no contact, lawyer up, hit the gym, delete. I'm not doing that, but I'm saying that you have a person who's not respecting very intentional decisions that you have made in raising your kids, and I ain't got time for that. Um. It's bad enough. My 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 oldest kid is incredibly he an incredibly kind kid. Um, like the teacher's remark is that he is he is everybody's friend and he is the one that if he sees someone sitting by themselves he goes and sits with them so they don't feel alone. Like and he's young. But he does this right like that. And that's that is heartwarming. That makes me it makes me so happy to know. And she was like 
he does all of this and he likes to talk to people and that's what, but sometimes it gets kind of loud. And I, I looked at her, I said, look, given what you just told me, if I discourage one of those, I'm going to discourage both. And I am far happier encouraging one of those behaviors. So I'm sorry if, if this frustrates you, but I, in good conscience, am not going to stop him with that. And she just kind of nods. She goes, okay, I understand why you say that, right? I'm worried about what's going to happen to him when he gets older. Mm-hmm. Like what already being a tender hearted kid is kind of a landmine. Um, what's going to happen, right? Like how, how, how is, how is someone like him going to navigate this stuff? And the, I, nobody's written, you know, there are no written rules for this because the rules keep changing. And, well, and schools don't help you because they've been pushing kids out into that stuff so the teachers don't have to do their jobs as much, too. And COVID made it worse because that was kind of a necessity. Now it's kind of like the can of worms is open. Yeah. And so I, I am I am still trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate that. And I'm not. Obviously, you don't want that kind of – your kids to have to go through that stuff, but at some point they're going to have to because the world sucks and people suck. Yeah, but the, I think the problem is, is like um, we have a real problem with the last two generations of not letting kids be kids. I think that's been a real – Yeah, you know. and I should um, – you know, there's, there's part of it that – you know, I killed some snakes in our yard, and so I got real nervous about it. And then I had to be reminded, it's like, you know, when I was four, I stumbled into a copperhead nest. And, you know, mom and dad pulled me out of it and then, like, set the nest on fire kind of shit. But, so, you know, this is kind of stuff that's going to happen. But that, I, the way I regard it is my first rule as a parent is keep my kids safe. Second rule as a parent is to treat them, is to teach them the right way to behave. And the keeping them safe thing, I'm trying to, I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I'm trying to balance it between how do I, you know, let a kid be a kid, but then also how do I, what's the right balance? You know, where's the line at? Yeah, that's hard because I think, I think a lot of people do their children disservices too because they don't let them fail. At I'll life, let fail. Well, I mean, I'm yeah. saying in general, I see that it's like, well, no, like, like you shouldn't always be there to catch them because, you know, you got to like you don't learn by succeeding all the time. You learn by falling on your face. You're mm-hmm. you're going to have to take some lumps at some point. Yeah, that's that has to happen. But still, you know, it's it's. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough. It's a tough balancing act. I'm still trying to figure that out, and I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm pretty convinced that I'm not actually smart enough to figure it out. Well, it's it's a tough world though because there's a lot of competing messaging and stuff, and people yeah. really push a lot of stuff on kids I don't think they should. Yeah. Well, they always have. That's always been a thing. It's just that the delivery system's different now. So, uh... but there's things people do though, like um, it's like they'll they'll react to something that like a teenager's doing. He's like, do you remember what being a teenager is like? Like, just chill yeah. out. Yeah, it's the best I can say is that I think I 
think the world is better than it was. We just have a bunch of challenges that we haven't figured out how to face. The, inc- the incredibly fast pace of technology and changes in the world and stuff like that means here, – here's my exam- – it's not a perfect parallel, and when I say this, I'm not saying that it – I'm not dogging it, okay? Like in the, the 60s and 70s, we had a lot of changes in the United States of how like family works, mm-hmm. and some of those honestly needed to happen. And then some of those just have just been changes, right? Like the things are just different and that's just how it is. And okay. And you know, it's not going back. That's not going to happen, but it feels like we still haven't actually figured out what family life is quote supposed to look like again. And with the, the rapid changes in the world we have, it's like we haven't figured out what raising a kid's supposed to be like. We haven't figured out what, um, you know, what what are good choice, what are are good standard choices to make on this front. And it doesn't help that you have these tech giants that are in the mindset of, you know, fuck you, pay me, I'll get mine. Yeah. Whereas we're trying to be like, hey, maybe don't do that because, you know, you're making life worse for everybody. It's like, no, pay me. Um, it's like, hey, you're you're actively making the world worse. Don't care. It's, it's the it's like the 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 cultural equivalent of the Captain Planet villains, you know, and. I, I'm, I'm staring at this and I'm trying to think to myself, OK, what's the best way going to go to be? And then I realize it's like. I've still got a fair amount of time before they get to be teenagers and how much stuff is going to change between now and then. The best I can come up with is it's going to be like, look, I know you're going to have a bunch of friends doing this, but I don't want you to have a social media account, and here's why. And I can't drop the hammer on them and say, no, you can't do this because that will just make them want to do it anyway. But to try and you know talk to them like a person and explain why I don't want them to is the best idea I can come up with. I think social media might crash down a little bit in the next decade. God, I, I hope so. I think it's kind of on an unsustainable collision course right now. I, I, I honestly, I liked the original purpose being able to keep in touch with people that, you know, and, and coordinate groups, of people to doing stuff and things like that. Like I can get behind that, but that's you know now and I know there's money in there and we got to squeeze the money out and it's like yeah because it's because um I'm about what am I I think I get about another nine months before the primaries start kicking up and then I just won't look at social media for the next year oh. <laughs> we're I forget that we're not we're not yet in the election year but it's soon enough it's already mm. ramping up. And it's 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 gonna become just tiresome. So so it is. I don't I don't. It's just like people are so shitty to each other about people that don't deserve that kind of devotion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I know we're kind of like nonpartisan on this podcast, and we remain so. But I am extraordinarily negative about both major political parties oh i totally <laughs> it's, it's like whoever wins it's 
it, we're gonna get screwed. Like we we're we're continuing to be screwed. We're going to be screwed some more. Uh, yeah. I don't have any faith in the process. There's gonna print trillions and trillions of dollars and then just change the definition of inflation so that um it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, and then uh, once we def- come close to defaulting, they'll just raise the debt ceiling. Yeah. Uh, and- Continued down this path uh, ever, ever forward. Didn't they say yes. since co- since COVID started? Ha- didn't they say they've printed something like eighty percent of the money that's ever been in circulation has been printed in like the last like four or five years? Something I don't. I don't like know. I, I would not be surprised. Does the thing people start like pointing fingers like oh, I'll use the current recession as like a good example where people want to point fingers at like one part or the other. And it, like it, when you really like look at it, it's like, well, no, we're really paying the sins of like the last like four or five administrations across like party lines. So, no, it's not really one party's fault. It's both of their faults because they do yeah, it the is. same it, shit. They both do it. They, they just do it for their particular interests. Yeah. Uh, when it's. Or kicking uh, the can it's... so it's someone else's problem. That's that's what both parties yeah. love to do. Yeah. They're just they're not really neither party is better on spending. They just spend uh, on different things. Yeah. Depending on who's in control. Yeah. Uh, it's so frustrating, and people get like so like bent out of shape about well and about dumb things. Like they get really bent out of shape about stuff that like doesn't affect most people's lives, and it's like. Well, you know, um, that them printing like eight trillion dollars for this like spending budget that's all gonna get like embezzled back into packs and super packs is like what you should be worried about, not what like someone said on CNN like two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I think we might have finally kind of rolled out of steam on our topic, guys. <laughs> think we got there? Yeah. And we got a little okay. <laughs> so coming up in the next two weeks, we're gonna finish off our Dangerous Alliance um, watch with Great American Bash. Uh, we have a Bruce Lee movie on the docket. Shad, I need to remember which one. Shad, uh, I think. Hang on. Was it the Chuck Norris one? Yeah, I think that's. Uh, way of the dragon yeah i believe we're Let gonna me. do cocaine bear since it's on peacock and i think the three of us are interested in that mm-hmm. and then we have a review of the first volume of one piece coming up in the next month or two so yeah we, it's uh it's way of the dragon yes and we have some nebulous point i'm sure we'll do it but we have we're going to review bioshock at some point mm would you kindly and and shad's gonna pick out a zelda game and we're gonna do that as well <laughs> i think i think a link to the past might be the best one to do what would you think matt probably uh i haven't played through that though how long how long would you say that is i mean it's not too bad i almost want to say the first nintendo game because you can beat that in like eight to ten hours I never have. I played it, but I never beat it. I beat it a couple years ago um, for fun. Because uh, the Switch has most of them between like the various services and stuff. Um, okay. I like Link's Awakening, but, you, but um, I don't know if they have the Game Boy version on there. 
Okay. And I, d- I don't want you to have to buy the remake that's like forty or fifty dollars. Um, <laughs> I think I think uh, I think Link's Awakening would be a good choice. Let me see what the average is. Um, I mean, Link's Link to the Past. Let me see what the average beat time on that is. Okay. Well, it'll be one of them, and we'll hash yeah. that out. And so, you know, a few different things, and and um, so this uh, is about you got seventeen that. hours. Okay, you right. got that to look forward to, and we may we may eventually get uh, Matt's uh, pet peeves list in there somewhere too. Yeah. Uh, and we have a, we have a project upcoming, but there's there's some groundwork being settled in. Um, there's going to be some one off uh reviews too because i want to do uh I, there's a couple matches and i want to do and justin put in uh justin put in a request for the other uwf pay-per-view oh god it's not as bad i swear justin, to god why did you do that to us it's not as bad as blackjack brawl i swear it's not great but it's not terrible okay and just I don't know. I'm gun shy. I'm worried now. I mean, it's going to be the UWF, but <laughs> Herb's going to Herb, right? Yeah. All right. All right. So everybody out there, thank you for joining us. Um, we'd love to hear from you on social media. If there's something you'd like to hear us, you know, go on about. Yeah, I know we just talked about social media, but I mean, heck, how else are we going to interact with you? Right. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up and you got requests, throw them our way. And so. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. Folks, we will catch you next time.